Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and KYJC, Coppers. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, are you on the quest for financial independence? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, how is your path going for financial independence? Internationally best-selling author J.L. Collins is my special guest today to talk about his book, Pathfinders, Extraordinary Stories of People Like You on the Quest for Financial Independence. J.L., welcome to Prudent Money. Hey, Bob, thank you uh, for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, i got to tell you, what really works with this book is the stories. Because, I, I, you know, I think that, that people get, uh, they deal with their financial struggles over and over, and they, they feel alone, and they feel like nobody else is dealing with this. It's just happening to me. <laughs> and uh, you, you have some great stories in this book. Of, from people that uh, talk about you know their journey on the financial on the path, and I think that that makes the biggest difference to uh, to those who who uh, are, are thinking they're alone. You know, I, I agree with you. When I uh, published the Simple Path to Wealth back in 2016, almost immediately I started getting hearing stories from people who had acquired the book and telling me how they were applying the principles in it to their unique situations of the point of life they were at, where in the world they were. And uh, so a couple of years ago, uh, I decided to gather some of these stories together. The book has about 100 of them, again, from all over the world. And it's I find it amazingly inspiring. Uh, and is. all the different challenges that people face, and, and yet there are setbacks as they go along the path, but, uh, you know, they're they're making progress, and... And some of the stories talk about people who've already made it, and some are just at the beginning of their journeys and everything in between. You know, and I want to stress the fact that they they are, everybody's story is fascinating. That's one of the reasons I love to take emails and hear what's going on in listeners' lives. You just learn so much about how everything works and uh, what's not working. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that you wrote the book, the writing of the book was inspired by your daughter, I was thinking about there's so many things I wish that my boys would listen to me and uh, <laughs> take some of the advice, but kind of goes through uh, one one ear out the other. But you know, how did that come about? Uh, the being inspired and all by your daughter. Well, you know, I, I I know that if you understand money and you get that right, and you set yourself on the path to financial independence. Your life is going to be so much better. You're going to have so much more freedom, so much, so many more options. And like most parents, I, I, you know, I wanted my my daughter to have the best possible life, but I made the mistake of pushing it too hard too soon, and I managed to turn her off to mm. all things financial. And and once I recognized that, I thought, you know, I I better get this written down. <laughs> So that at some point, if she's willing to hear it, that I'm not around, the information will be there. So that was the beginning of the blog, and 
that turned into Chautauqua events that I created to take people together, and then the simple path to wealth, and and then uh, now Pathfinders. And my daughter likes to tease me. She, by the way, she's well on the path, and she's a young adult. And she likes to tease me. She says, you know, Dad, if I'd listened when I was young, <laughs> there'd be no blog, there'd be no books, there'd be no Chautauquas, and Bob Brooks wouldn't want to talk to you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's funny how, funny how it all works out. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll look at that as a blessing that my kids don't listen to me. So talk a little bit, of, let's talk a little bit about financial independence. I, I, I love that concept. I love it so much better than talking about retirement. You know, it just kind of redefines the concept of retirement. Uh, you write in the rules of the for the road uh, that uh, your money can buy you freedom. For my for my money, nothing is more valuable. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So you know, I think people uh, when they think about maybe saving and investing money, there's a tendency to think that it's deprivation and it prevents them from spending money on on other things. And and the truth is, I tell people, you know, my dirty little secret is I've spent nearly every dime that I've ever gotten, and I've spent them almost immediately. It's just that I've spent a lot of those dimes buying my freedom, which, of course, you do by buying financial assets, because there is nothing that I wanted more. There's nothing that was more important to me. There was nothing that was more valuable than having the freedom of, mm. of my time and and uh, that financial uh, independence can, can provide and the, and the range of options it provides. Far more valuable to me, at least, than a fancier car or a bigger house or or that kind of stuff. So I think, if anything, I'd like people to realize that this is an option. This is simply another thing to buy with your money. Now, whether you choose to buy your freedom where you choose to buy other things, that's entirely up to you. But at least you know that, that this is one other option of, of what you can do with your money. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm talking to J.L. Collins about a great book, Pathfinders, Extraordinary Stories of People Like You on the Quest for Financial Independence. And uh, I, I like the way that you've broken down the book. Uh, we You started off with kind of your view of the subject then you get into the personal stories and then the rules of the road. And there's just so much, uh, so, so many ways to get in, to get some good advice out of this book. You know, I, I think that you'll agree, JL, that there's nothing that limits freedom more so than debt. And it's a, you know, it's a big problem today. And, uh, of course, that's, uh, we're having debt problems on every level. What advice would you give to someone with a lot of debt right now? Not in, uh, they don't know where to turn to, where, where to start, and how to get back to freedom. What would you tell them? Well, I think the first thing that, that, that I'd say, uh, and I'd say this to people in general, is I'm a little stunned at how we simply accept being in, in debt, that it's become normal and, and normalized. And to me, it's like being covered with blood-sucking leeches. There's nothing normal about it, and it's it's just as horrible because while the leeches are, are sucking your blood, you know, your debts are sucking away your financial resources. So if you're carrying debt, job one is to take out your sharpest knife and begin scraping the little blood suckers off. Now, there's no magic bullet to doing this, and the last thing I would want anybody to do is fall prey to some of the 
programs that you go out yes. and buy that promise that they're going to make it easier or consolidate it. It's, a, it's frankly, it's a grind. You've got to organize your life so you're not spending everything that comes in and then divert that money to paying off the debt. I recommend that you start with the highest interest rate debt first yes. because that's where the biggest financial payoff is. And this, just grind away at it until it's gone. Now, that's tough and that's hard, but one nice thing about it, the silver lining, if you will, is that in the process of doing that, you've developed a wonderful lifestyle habit, and that is living on less than you earn and freeing up money to do something else. And once that debt is paid off, now all you need to do is shift that money to building your wealth. So when anybody starts this this simple path to wealth, this journey, they're all going to start at a different point. Some are going to start at ground zero with no debt but no assets. Some have acquired some assets along the way. Some are going to have to start with debt that they have to unwind. So the path can be longer for some than for others. But the important thing is just to begin starting. You know, as the saying goes, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And the moment you take that step, you're a little bit stronger financially than you were the moment before. Well, in the book, you write about a blog post that created a lot of, we'll call it feedback. (laughs) It was titled, (laughs) Why Your House is a Terrible Investment. Talk about what you're trying to get across to the reader. Yeah, so (laughs) that that is the single uh, best-read post on my blog, which kind of amazes me to this day. It's the one that's, that's gotten me the most hate and also has gotten me the most love. Uh, I, I think that there is this myth in our, in our country that you should buy the, the most house you can possibly afford because it's a great investment. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you get lucky and you happen to buy in the right area that's about to see a lot of appreciation. But most of the time, it's average at best, and sometimes it could be a disaster. I mean, people who bought in San Francisco back in the day, they've done really well. People who bought in Detroit, not so much. But that doesn't mean just go buy in San Francisco, because right now, as I, what I'm reading is San Francisco is, is going under some really hard times. Mm-hmm. And last spring, I was in Detroit, and from what I could see, Detroit's enjoying a renaissance. So... Ten years from now, and I'm not predicting this, but just saying, you know, maybe people will be saying, wow, those poor people bought in San Francisco, and look at those those guys who made so much money in, in Detroit. Houses are a place to live, and in my world, they're an expensive indulgence. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with expensive indulgence. Right. I've owned houses most of my adult life, but understand that's what it is, and it's not an investment. It's a place to live. And in my view, you should buy the house that you can easily afford, not the most house your banker and real estate agent might be telling you you can get away with. You know, I a lot of these, uh, a lot of authors I've talked to through the years, and and uh, some some concepts kind of uh, you'll read in most books. What the the concept in the what you write about in your book about the importance of saving? I don't think I've uh, I've ever seen it written like like you present it. You go as far as recommending saving up to 50% of your income. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you came to that conclusion. I mean, I don't want to be Captain Obvious. Obviously, we've got to save money, but 50% is quite a bit. 
Yeah, so so uh, when I got out of college in 1972, uh, you know, I had watched my father go from being very prosperous to losing his health because he was a cigarette smoker and not being able to work, and suddenly we were in, in very dire straits. And so I wanted to make sure that I was never in a position or as quickly as I could get to this point where I had to depend only on my ability to work and trade my time for money. And so when I got my first professional job, I kind of arbitrarily said, you know what, this is so important to me that this is the most important thing that I can buy with my money is my freedom. And I arbitrarily chose 50%. Looking back on it today, I think that's a real sweet spot in my world. Now, I get a lot of pushback on this. You know, a lot of people say, it's, that's not possible. Nobody can, can save 50% of their income. What are you talking about? Well, I've done it, and I have talked to and met countless people who have done it, countless couples who have their dual income, and they say, you know what, we're just going to save one of these incomes. Uh, so for all the people who say, oh, that you're out of your mind, it can't be done, in this FI community that I, that I, I write in and spend time in, I have people coming at me from the other direction, and they're saying, "JL, what are you talking about? Fifty percent? You could do better than that. I'm doing sixty, seventy, eighty percent. So it's a matter of perspective. You know, my that first job of mine paid ten thousand dollars a year. Well, I knew that there were people living on five thousand. Five thousand was a whole lot more money than I'd been living on in college. Uh, you can look at, at those situations, and there's probably somebody out there." that you can point to who's living right now on half of what you ma- you're making. So it's a matter of, of, of attitude and perspective. You know, and I think that uh, it comes down to your habits. I mean, committing to a habit to save like that, and once you you get stronger in that habit, it just get, uh, comes second nature. Right. And, you know, you can choose whatever savings rate you want. Same thing with getting out of debt, right? So if you adjust your, your life uh, to free up 10% of your income to put towards your debt, well, it's going to take you a fair amount of time to pay off that debt. If you can adjust your life to where it's 50%, it'll take less time. And the same thing with moving towards financial independence. There's actually a chart in the book that will tell you, based on what savings rate, with an assumption of a return on your invested assets, about how many years it's going to take you. And so... It's a personal choice. The bigger your savings rate, the faster you'll be out of debt, the faster you'll be financially independent. So you can look at that and you can decide for yourself how much money you want to divert to that. For me, 50% was kind of a nice sweet spot. And the other thing to remember is that as my income increased, the amount I invested increased, but so was the amount I was living on. So it's not like my lifestyle didn't get... uh, better and more extravagant as I, as I got older and earned more. He just did it in a very controlled fashion. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show, talking to J.L. Collins about a great book called Pathfinders, Extraordinary Stories of People Like You on the Quest for Financial Independence. And if you want more information about J.L., go to his website, jlcollinsnh.com. I got that right, didn't I, J.L.? You did. J.L. Collins, N.H. The N.H., by the way, stands for New Hampshire, where we were living when I started the blog. So 
There you JL go. Collins, NH.com. So in your rules for the roads, you write, beware of the tyranny of the must-haves. Talk about that mm. rule for the road. Right. So I, I came up with that concept in conversations I would have with people who had inflated their, their lifestyles, right? And they'd hear what I had to say about uh, about the benefits of being financially independent, and we'd start talking about it. And they'd say things to me like, wow, this really sounds great. And, and we talk about their lifestyle, and they'd say, well, you know, I, I, I have to have those two new leased cars. You know, we just have cars are important to us. We have to have those. And we have to live in, in, in this big house in this neighborhood, you know, and we have to send the kids to these private schools and we have to, and you know, and those are the must-haves. And what I would say to those people is that your money, you can spend it however you please, but the more of those must-haves you have, the less likely it is that you are ever going to be financially independent. And until you decide that the single most important must-have in your life is being financially independent, being financially independent, or at least, you know, the top one or two, then you're never going to get there. And that's okay. But understand, that's the choice you're making. So it's up to you. Do you really want those fancy cars and that big house and et cetera, et cetera? Or would you like your freedom? Now, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. But, I, you know, I, 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 I consider it a success if I just make people aware sure. that this is a choice that's available to them. Whether or not they take the choice is candidly not going to matter to me, and it's entirely their, their decision. Well, I'll say this. When I graduated from, uh, from college, I could have definitely used a little bit of this wisdom. I, people ask me, well, how, do you, how do you know the answers to so many, so many of these subjects? I said, because I've made every mistake in the book. And uh, to live within <laughs> your means was something I could have been taught uh, and, and would have made, uh, made big benefits for me going forward. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some investing. How do you go about advising someone about risk? And, you know, from the standpoint of, is it, you, know, you find your, you find out what your risk level, what your risk tolerance is, you allocate accordingly. I mean, what are some, some tips to, to, to kind of keep you in that comfort zone of risk? Well, so I think, first of all, we have to talk about what I recommend investing in. Yes. And basically, it's broad-based, low-cost index funds. And very specifically, the fund that I personally invest in, the fund that my daughter is now investing in, is VTSAX. And this is Vanguard's total stock market index fund. Now, companies like Fidelity and T. Rowe Price have their own vision of a total stock market index fund, and those are fine. But a total stock market index fund owns about 4,000 companies, virtually every publicly traded company in the United States, and once you own it, everybody in those companies is working to make you richer. And some of those companies will succeed and some will fail. The ones that fail drift off the index and the fund. The ones that succeed right at the top and you, and you benefit from that. So these are stocks. This is a stock fund. Stocks are notoriously volatile. Stocks provide the greatest possible long-term return, but the price you have to pay is you have to endure the volatility. You can't predict the market. You can't time the market. But the key thing to understand is that 
The stock market periodically is going to correct, which is about 10%. It's going to go into a bear market, which means it's going to go down 20%. And every, I think it's every 13, 15 years, something like that, you can expect it to crash, which is 30 plus percent. When those things happen, the media goes nuts and it's the end of the world, but it's not. The market always recovers. What you need to do is just stay the course and recognize, if anything, what a buying opportunity this is because your shares are now on sale. If you're contributing on a regular basis, which is what I recommend, now whatever dollar amount you're putting in is buying more shares. So market drops work to your benefit as long as you don't let the world that's panicking around you draw into draw you into that panic and and sell out. I tell people if you're going to panic and sell when the market goes down, you don't want to follow my advice. It my advice requires that you stay the course that you stay invested during those down times that you take advantage of them. So that's the key thing I would say about investing in stocks, understand those drops are a perfectly normal part of the process. They're like hurricanes in Florida or blizzards in New England, big, scary events, potentially dangerous. But if you don't run outside in the middle of them in a panic, they will blow over. You'll be fine. The sun will come out. One last question, uh, JL, and, and we've got about a minute left. The uh, I, was, I was thinking about this. You, know, you, you go through, you do all the work, you get on that path towards financial independence, and then you get knocked off the path unexpectedly because it's almost like, well, I've done everything to, to get on the path, so I should be okay. But life but life changes and things happen. What kind of advice would you give to somebody to get back on that path? Well, so the first thing I would say is, is that this is a journey, right? So it's not an on-off switch. You're not, you're not financially independent all of a sudden. You get there gradually. So if you get knocked off the path for whatever reason, you know, whatever progress you've made to that point, you still have that progress. And all you need to do is return to the path as soon as whenever you are able. It obviously depends on what it is that that knocks you off the, off the path. But it's the persistence that counts. It's just returning to it. When you read Pathfinders, you will read stories about people who have faced exactly that kind of situation there are all sorts of temptations as you as you well you know we 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 being my my editor at uh Paramount house and myself as we were constructing this we had this vision of of walking a, a literal path you know through the wilderness and with a little tavern to to stop in and exchange stories for other travelers and you know the the challenges that they met along the way and how they overcame them and got back on it so you know, you can find a lot of inspiration in Pathfinders. In fact, even though it's my second book, I think in many ways it's the better book, uh, introductory book to the idea, because people who read Pathfinders will read these stories and realize, A, it can be done. Yeah. It can be done anywhere in the world, and this is how it's being done. And then if that resonates with them, then The Simple Path to Wealth, my first book, tells you exactly how to do it. Well, the name of the book is Pathfinders, Extraordinary Stories of People Like You on the Quest for Financial Independence. Great book. If you want more information, uh, go to www.jlcollinsnh.com. JL, great to have you on the program. Good luck to you. 
Hey, the pleasure was entirely mine, Bob. Thanks for uh, having me on. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.